Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host of today, Interim host. Interim host. Here with my only twin who enjoys a good bubble tea. If you've never had bubble tea, do it. It's delightful. Very, very sweet. We recommend 50% sugar. They usually give you the options. You don't feel as bad. It's a little healthier. Yeah. We'll continue our bubble tea conversation shortly. The tapioca balls in there. Doing a little people's podcast today. Going to answer some questions, talk about uh, some rookie implications and all that good stuff. Stick with us. The Fantasy Football Podcast starts. You know, I wonder how popular bubble tea is outside of like a big city. It didn't really get popular in New York till like a couple years ago. That's what I'm saying. So we went to Brew College for undergrad and I don't know if um I don't know if people like in New York City drank bubble tea like a but few Baruch years has ago. A larger but Asian population. That's the thing. Large Asian population. So a lot of our friends, a lot of our classmates would always be walking around with bubble tea because there was a bubble tea shop right on the corner. Me and Michael would be like, What is that? And then we got cultured, and now we love it. Yeah, it's good Those stuff. little tapioca balls, mmm. Mmm. It's true. Original milk tea is the way to go, though. Yeah. With 50% sugar. 50% sugar, for sure. Let us know your takes on bubble tea. Let us know if you even know what bubble tea is. Yeah. I wonder if, like, I mean, I might sound ignorant saying this. I don't mean to, but I wonder if, like, Oklahoma has a few bubble tea shops. Because I've never been, really, to the Midwest area. Geography is not my thing. I don't even know if Oklahoma's in the Midwest. <laughs> if there was one thing in life that I can say I'm not good at, it's geography. True. Same with Michael. I, I've gotten better over the years. We are not Galileo Still descendants. <laughs> so in today's episode, uh, we asked the people for some questions. Uh, we're going to be a little more laid back. Tim's not here. Last week, we did a lot of number crunching, brought you a lot of... Um, information in a pretty long two-hour-ish episode reviewing all the rookies. If you had not heard that yet, um, please do so. Last season, we've mentioned it, but it's because it's true because we went back and listened. We were pretty spot on with all the rookies. Yeah, uh, I'm, I impressed myself. I was impressed by ourselves when listening. So seems like we know what we're doing with the initial reaction. So give that a listen if you haven't yet. Before we get into the questions, though. I want to talk about this Todd Gurley poll that we put up. Before we get into that. Ooh, um, ooh cutting me off after I'm I cut cutting, you off. Exactly. Mm. Two times. I'm pulling the, the Joe Rogan here. If you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, he always starts off his podcast with ads, which I love. Great podcast. Because you can just press skip for like six minutes and you're Some golden. of them are very interesting, though. They are sometimes. You ever you hear about the Traeger grills? Those things are nuts. No, tell me about it. <laughs> <Quickly. You> like, <laughs> these grills, like you could control the temperature on your phone. There's a ultra smoke mode where wow. it keeps it smokier if you want to smoke your food. There's like not gonna lie, sometimes the way he describes it, stuff. I think that I skipped into the podcast and I'm just listening. I'm like, oh, this is another ad. It's pretty anyway, nice. um, we have partnered with our friend Bob Lung, uh, the creator of the consistency guide. Um, it won best publication of fantasy football at the 2018 Fantasy Sports Writers Association. So a big round of applause for our friend Bob. Um, This consistency guide is an awesome tool. 
Uh, it's a lot of pages, and what it does is look at the consistency of players because, as we all know, we say it a lot, Derrick Henry may have ended as the eighth running back, but he wasn't startable until week 10, right? So what this consistency guide does is it just gives you another tool to really measure what you're looking at. And it'll show you which guys were the most consistent last guys who guys like Robert Woods who were very very consistent last season maybe you're preparing for your fantasy drafts you forget about how good Robert Woods was you open this book you see how consistent Robert Woods was and it makes you consider Woods more often exactly quarterbacks too a lot of them uh you see at the end of the year that they were pretty uh they end like eighth Josh Allen maybe I don't know where I don't remember recall exactly where he ended but he was certainly not consistent so it's a good tool uh if you're in the later rounds and you're looking for someone with consistency over boom bust stuff of that sort. It's really just another great add-on. We, we take consistency a lot into account when it comes to fantasy leagues. Non, because uh, in redraft fantasy leagues with weekly lineups, it's it's going to be tough with guys like Terry Cohen, who's also inconsistent. Guy Jordan Howard, guys like that. So this will help you find those consistent guys. Exactly. Uh, it's a really great tool. We're going to be using it this off season, and so we are excited to. Um, be helping Bob bring it to the people this year. Uh, he has great prices on it. The consistency guide is $10. If you want a VIP package, it's 20 stuff of that sort. You could go even lower. And using the code BROTO, B-R-O-T-O, the name you know and love by B-R-O-T-O. now, you can get an extra 20% off. B-R-O-T-O, B-R-O-T-O. Man, 20% off. That's not good. I don't know what song you were singing there. Bingo, dude. B-I-N-G-O. Okay. Right. So we're going to tweet the link because it's a pretty long link. But if you go to BigGuyFantasySports.com, again, that's BigGuyFantasySports.com, you can find this consistency guide and purchase it right then and there. And if you use the code BRODO, you're going to get 20% off, which can give you an extra 2 to $5. You can get yourself a bubble tea, people, using our code so uh, we recommend it. It's a very good guide. It'll help you. Um, it'll help you try to win your league this year. We're gonna be mentioning it throughout the off season, just to measure consistency. So fantasy big guy fantasysports.com code Brodo. We're gonna tweet out a link. Tweet out the link after this podcast. Now let's get into some football talk. Todd Gurley, bro. Hum. <clears throat> Where did you fall on this spectrum? Because I asked on Twitter, 132 total votes. If your fantasy football draft was tonight, where are you taking Todd Gurley? This vote ended two days ago. Mm-hmm. Early first round got 19% of the votes. Late first round got 41% of the votes. Second round got 26% of the votes. And not touching him at all got 14% of the votes. How much was first half, you said? Only 19% early first round. So not touching him at all basically evened out with early first round. So around like eight more votes for early first round. That is interesting. It is. You know, I've seen some FFPC drafts that are already going on. Someone started with Barkley and then got Todd Gurley on the 2-3 turn. That's not fair. That's nuts. There comes a point where you just... Even if Todd Gurley doesn't play every down and he's more like an Alvin Kamara... A uh, volume type player this season. The last pick of the second round? Are you kidding me? That's what I'm saying. Alvin like, Kamara is a top five pick. He can play less and still be great. Yeah. He's not going to beat Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott. I think we know that by now. They spent a third round pick on Daryl Henderson. That doesn't happen by accident. 
I think Henderson's going to be a big part of this offense, but so can Gurley. He so, can be a, a Melgo. With that being said, we, we agree. Once it gets to the second round, I'm willing to take a chance on him. Yeah. Because you could miss on a second-round player, which if you're drafting Gurley, I highly doubt it's going to be an overall miss. Unless he somehow ends up missing That's the whole season. That's what I'm saying. Like you can as someone, long as he's on the field, he'll be viable. You get someone safe like Devontae Adams with like a 10th pick. It comes back around. with So now you're looking at the 15th, 14th pick. You grab Gurley. Well, you know Adams. If you look at the consistency guide, Adams was probably the most consistent wide receiver in the NFL last year. Todd Gurley is a great partner there because if Gurley ends up getting injured or doesn't live up to expectations, well, you know what you're getting under your first round pick. That's a little more safety. Yep. So, we both, I'm not on the not touching him bandwagon. Because if he falls to the second round, I'm okay grabbing him. Yeah. Today, where would you take him? I think I'd take him late first. I don't know if I'd take him. I mean, Saquon, I'm taking over him. Zeke. Kamara. McCaffrey. Melgo? Melgo, probably. DJ? No, not DJ. Bell? Bell is, Bell is interesting. Connor? Connor, possibly as well. Hopkins? Hopkins, possibly. This is why I have him more as a late first. I don't think I'd do Adams. OBJ? No, OBJ. Def- I'd, I'd go Gurley over OBJ. All right. So uh, I'll I'll segue that into we're going to release rankings soon. Uh, yeah, we are. Since we are partnered with Fantasy Pros this season and our rankings are going to be so much easier to put together and so much easier for all of you to access. And we're going to have PPR, standard, half PPR. We are going to um, get our rankings out early this year for people drafting in best ball or anything of that sort. And then we're going to update it throughout the offseason. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's exciting. So we'll get our rankings out soon. And Todd Gurley will likely end up being in the back end first round range. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting. This offseason is probably going to be a big uh, big indicator of Todd Gurley's health. For sure. Like if he just doesn't play at all in the postseason, like they're obviously going to be concerned there. Preseason? Preseason, yeah. Agreed. Like but if, they could if also he doesn't, just be... Just saving him, him exactly. Clean. So if that happens, it's a little risky. I'd still take the shot in the second round because you look at your squad and you're like, I got Todd Gurley as my second best player. And we've won leagues with a wasted second round pick in the past. The last two leagues I won in our main league, I didn't have a first round pick. Both times, actually. Yeah. I Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell when he got suspended, right? He basically only played one game for you, two games or something. Yeah. I had AP when he got suspended. That wasn't good. And then uh, two years ago when DJ got hurt. So you can live past a bad pick. It's a little more risky, but you got to risk and reward. You do have to weigh in here. You do. Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, Like last year, like the team I drafted, I would have been okay without a first round pick as well because I ended up drafting a super stacked team. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Michael had to like bench Robert Woods or Adam Thielen. Like, dude, I, I still can't believe I didn't win that. I lost in the semifinals on a, uh, just the, my team slack. Dude, I had I had Todd Gurley, James Conner, Carryon Johnson, Aaron Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Adam, Adam Thielen, Thielen, Thielen Robert T.Y. Hilton, Woods. Robert Woods, Cam Newton, Zach Ertz. That's a bomb squad. Zach Ertz too. I'm a tight That's end. A bomb squad. And I lost. Jeez, Louise. Let's get to the questions. What do the people want to hear? All right. Let's get to the questions. The people are asking the questions today. We're providing the answer. I'm scared that you're reading them out loud. If Tim was here, he'd agree with me. Come on. Come on. First question. Oh, the first question is, is a little bit of a fun one. What's a good punishment for a last place team? 
from Josh Alvarez. You know what? Uh, for Game of Thrones fans out there, I saw something online and I thought it was great. Uh, the 11 people behind the loser dressed up as like nuns. And then the loser had to walk around like basically naked, I think, just in like boxers. And they were going, shame, shame, which is a pretty hilarious punishment. That is pretty great. Also, one that I've seen, which I do not condone, but would be absolutely hilarious, is a tattoo. Oof, no. Like a, nope, like a, someone got like a unicorn or something. No, it's no, a last no. place or some shit like Never. that. Don't even suggest that on the show. I mean, I don't condone Another, it. Another, a little hysterical. more heartfelt, uh, going back to our friend Scott Fish, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago. He's all about Fantasy Cares, donating for Toys for Tots. Last place could uh, have to donate to a charity or something of that sort. Yep. Uh, Gives you extra incentive to pay attention all season. Say the entry was 100. He has to spend another 100 donating to charity. Maybe even half. 50 bucks to charity. That'll incentivize you to not end in last. See, and that's probably the same, if not less, than a tattoo. And it won't be on you forever. So I I actually like that idea because you hate a league where someone ends up going. They're like 0-6 and and then they just give up. Because then they play someone who's in sixth place. Get a e- They get an easy win. They hop you. You drop out of the playoffs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the worst when people give up in leagues. Uh, so first off, find good league mates. Sometimes that could be hard. But uh, with Twitter, you can find some good people around nowadays, even if you don't know them. Yeah, once you say looking for a league, boom. Seriously. If you just tweet at us like looking for a league and we retweet it or something or like we tweet it at some people, you'll find the league. Yeah. Uh, we've joined a few leagues, uh, with a few other fantasy people recently. It's just a fun thing to do. So last place punishment, that's something we've never really had in our leagues. And I think that's what we're missing. Mm-hmm. So give us ideas if you have any, and we can maybe implement it in our leagues. We'll leave, we could even implement it in a Brodo league, have True. something fun there. Interesting. Interesting. So a nice first question from Josh to lift the mood up a little bit. Who tweeted the other question? That was the only question we've gotten, kid. What are you talking about here? No, the first question. The Josh Alvarez. Oh, you never said that. I did. This next one, we actually have three from Brian Willis, at Real Brian Willis. Awesome. He said, Let's get it. Who will emerge as the wide receiver two in Green Bay? I'm just going to start for, by saying me and Jason are on the Geronimo Allison bandwagon. Mm-hmm. We've been on the Geronimo Allison bandwagon for quite some time. Geronimo Allison, at the end of 2017, was showing some life Aaron Rodgers. And then in 2018, <clears throat> started the season against Chicago on eight targets. He turned it, he turned that into five receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Against Minnesota the following week, went six for six for 64 yards. Against Washington, four targets, only two receptions, but 76 yards and a touchdown. Against Buffalo, 11 targets, six receptions, 80 yards. And then against the Rams, where I believe he that's the game he left with an injury, he only had one reception for 14 yards, but the five, excuse me, the four games that he did play, he had two touchdowns and he averaged 70 yards and five receptions. You know, I was touting him at the end of last, I mean, at the beginning of last season. You were. You said he was the perfect wide receiver three, and he was absolutely that for the first four weeks. If you look at his true throw value, I mean, true target value, he checks in at 36th, and that's including the game where he got injured. And that's with. Aaron Rodgers not being great, not being great. That's his true throw, true target. Uh, no, you said true throw, true target true value. Target, yeah. 
with uh, Aaron Rodgers' true throw value down because of the injuries and lack of He's weapons He's definitely that he a had. candidate to increase this year just from For past sure. experience. So, I mean, five receptions, 70 yards, and half a touchdown per game is absolutely wide receiver three. three. And we saw Equanimous St. Brown not do great last season. We saw guys like Jamal Moore step in. Jake Kumro didn't really play. These are all guys that people like but haven't really produced on the field. I like to see um, MVS in a... That too. If MVS. he's going to be like the prominent slot guy this year, just try to take the Randall Cobb role. I, I'll take a gamble on MVS over St. Brown at the end of the year. But Valdez, I do think Allison is the guy. Scantling did. Uh, he didn't really produce too well last season. He, he was he best out of the slot. Great. He was, which if they put him in open space with Aaron Rodgers. But I agree. Allison was a good piece last season. All that happened was he got injured. Not and I'm pretty sure he's that. supposed to be. He's supposed to go in to the season healthy, no? Yeah, hundred percent. And then, if you consider like draft capital, for example, not a lot of high-profile guys there. True. Uh, MVS, St. Brown last year were late-round dart throws. Allison was actually an undrafted free agent in 2016, so it's pretty impressive what he's done with his role. So if we're looking at that and we're trying to see who's going to be the person who takes that step up, well, we've seen Allison do it. So I'd put my money on Allison. MVS is the second guy I take a look at. Not loving Equinamius. Not not a St. Brown guy. I would say Tim would disagree here because Tim's all about the family bloodlines and all that. Yeah. Did you see his parents just wanted to make beast kids? (laughs) Yeah. It's like Elijah Holyfield because of Vander Holyfield's son. Like that's, That's not how football works always. So I take the shot on Allison. What's the next question that Brian had for us? The next question that Brian Wells had for us, where will ASJ finish in tight end rankings in uh in new england that's a good question as well uh we're gonna release rankings next week so we'll have an exact answer to that question around this time or maybe next weekend next week but let's he could definitely finish in the lower tight end one area really? i think i was gonna say let's pose a scenario here are the patriots not adding another tight end before the season starts no just if he's there if guy. they go into the season today you yes. know, I still don't love him. Me neither, but, I mean, you got, look, you got Travis Kelsey, of We've course. We've seen Gronk go out and Brady just not use tight ends. So there's there's a few that I'm absolutely taking over. Uh, Vance Refrigeration. Like, look, Vance got, McDonald right now is my favorite late-round tight end. So let me let me count this out real quick. Travis Kelsey, duh. Yes. George Kittle, duh. Zach Ertz, yeah. obviously. O.J. Howard. Yeah. Hunter Henry, Eric Ebron. Right, Eric. we don't love Ebron, but of course over yeah. ASJ. Evan Ingram with no OBJ there, I'm starting him over yeah. ASJ. Delaney Walker if he's healthy, but that's a toss up to see if he's healthy or not. Jared Cook, proven that he's a solid yeah. tight end. Uh, and then you got guys like who were very inconsistent last season, like David Njoku. Even Trey Burton, Trey Burton underperformed last year. Austin Hooper is another guy I'm gonna target going into the season. He's improved every that. single season. I don't like every that. year he's improved. But again, Austin Hooper I'd probably start over ASJ. Are we Jordan what Reed? If, what Jordan if Trey Reed Burton last year just established a floor? Yeah. Like we saw him involved in the Nagy offense. He was the tight end nine or something. Yeah. I feel like he's being overlooked. It's because he was had all this hype and he didn't live up to the super hype. That is true. But he lived up to the low end tight end one hype. <laughs> Did we mention <laughs> Which Njoku? Which is where people really expected Najoku, uh, Vance Refrigeration. Our boy Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon. Even Jack Doyle, if he's healthy. Yeah. So I mean, steal. maybe yeah, I don't even know if I'm gonna have him as well in a low end tight end one. He's gonna have to earn that spot. 
I think I'm going to have him outside my top 15 tight ends. I start. think that if you're going to pass on tight ends and you're going to go with Austin Hooper as your first tight end, for example, then with your last pick, you would be like, all right, let me take ASJ because why not, right? Mm-hmm. This could work out. Odds are it doesn't. And we saw last season uh, when Rob Gronkowski was out. They didn't really use tight ends. They didn't use tight ends at all. Like, Dwayne Allen was never a factor there. Yeah. I met Dwayne Allen in Boston. One of the nicest guys of all time. We legit had like an eight-minute conversation just about uh, about football, and he was telling me how uh, Bill Belichick just gets in your head and makes you want to be the best. It was a very cool conversation. Big fan of Dwayne Allen. But, yeah, he just didn't really produce fantasy-wise. And even Rob Gronkowski had a bunch of bust games last season. That, too. He had a 2 for 15, a 4 for 51, a 4 for 44, a 3 for 43, a 3 for 26, a 2 for 21, a 2 for 24. These are all games from Rob Gronkowski. Who even when he even last season, James he's White better than ASJ. James White's not their tight. <laughs> he does <laughs> he's, get a lot He of basically just runs passes, the routes yeah. that. So I think ASJ is gonna start somewhere between my tight end fifteen to twenty, likely. I'll I'll go with that range too. <clears throat> the last question from uh, I don't know two more questions. Brian Willis came in with a fire. I like it. With the uh, wide receivers drafted by Arizona. Mm-hmm. Are you buying or selling Christian Kirk? I feel like this is a dynasty-based question. Um, and I really don't know what he's going for right now, like the value that he's getting. But if you think about so they draft a new quarterback. They bring in a new coach. They bring in Isabella. They this bring is, in Butler. This is like the new regime thing that we always talk about. Just a quick refresher for guys. people who don't remember. The Cardinals drafted Andy Isabella and then Hakeem Butler. Hakeem Butler as well. They... They uh they have Larry Fitzgerald still obviously they signed Kevin White, who he hasn't been good in the NFL but maybe they'll want to give him a shot. I doubt that, but it's he's there is what I'm saying. I think the thing is Kirk was a rookie last year, and then Kingsbury went out and got his guys. I think that that's a big thing in fantasy. But uh, it's also they just didn't really have anyone. This is probably this is true. likely Larry Fitzgerald's last season. If they want playmakers, they went out and got playmakers. I agree, but they're going to have Fitz. They're going to have DJ. Butler and Isabella. Where does Kirk fit in? He, mean, may, he may end up being the wide receiver one. He was a second-round pick last season, though, and we saw he, he doesn't have the Josh Rosen connection either uh, anymore, which obviously uh, people liked last season being with Josh Rosen. I think Rosen. he's someone to... Uh, just hold off on for now. I think that once we start seeing some depth charts, seeing some play on the field, his connection with Murray, uh, whether he's going to be starting on the outside and the, really be that number one receiver. The thing I just I don't really like about it when it comes to Christian Kirk, because I see a lot of people saying to that they like Christian Kirk this season, is the fact that he only had one game last season with uh, two games actually with more than five receptions. Like, every other game, he had four or less receptions. Which, I think that's the idea, where they're going to pass a lot more this year. Yeah, and he have, he did average 13.7 yards on those receptions, which is a nice number. But there's I just feel like it's going to try to... Kingsbury's just going to try to feed so many mouths exactly. that it might be hard to start any of those guys week in and week out. Exactly. Like, it'll be a good offense, but when do you start the guy? Yeah, especially if, if Larry Fitzgerald's going to remain in the slot. He's been really the only kind of consistent piece 
in that receiving core over the past few years. If he's going to remain in the slot, then I expect him to be the most consistent. Piece but you need to remember, he's bringing over the air raid offense where they want to use four receivers. It's true. You could have, and that's Fitz, Isabella, Butler, and Fitz. But then I'd Kirk. expect someone like Andy Isabella to be in the slot on the other side. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying four people are going to be on the field. Sean McVay has three receivers out there most of the time. I don't see this being a Rams scenario where all three are fantasy viable. This is a completely new offense. Kingsbury, let me remind you, has never been a successful in terms of wins and losses coach. Uh, He was fired from his job and then couldn't even get a head coaching job in the NFL. He had to go be the offensive coordinator for USC for about a month. These are things to remember. It's true. Like, we're just assuming just because he's a young guy. He also had Patrick Mahomes in college. Exactly. Exiled Baker Mayfield. So, like... So when it comes when it comes to Christian Kirk, uh, he's not someone I'm trying to buy into. Uh, possibly selling at the right price in dynasty leagues. Um, if someone really likes him, then I wouldn't be opposed. Yeah, but in redraft leagues, I don't I don't think I'm gonna own too many shares of Kirk unless he drops really far because he's just not someone I'm super interested in. Wide receiver five, wide receiver four maybe. I don't I don't really see him being in the top 36 receivers unless he takes a. I'd draft him as a fifth wide receiver. And if that's too low to get him, then I'll bow out. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I can see that. Last one from Brian Willis. I still feel Deshaun Hamilton is a wide receiver owned in Denver, not Corlin Sutton. Can you speak on this? I'll I'll take this and say I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as Emmanuel Sanders is out. Sanders He's is expected to start expected on the pup. Expected to start on the pup. So last season we saw a lot of slot work in that Denver offense, and Deshaun Hamilton was very good with it. And Sutton was on the outside, and I know they have a new offense now, and Flacco came over and all that good stuff. But Sutton never really impressed me last season. And if I'm dealing with, especially in PPR, I feel like Hamilton's going to get a lot of looks because they're really the only two receivers out there right now that have some type of success. So I'd prefer Hamilton to Sutton at the moment. I think it would too, especially with Joe Flacco in his uh in his old age now. He he used to be like a guy who threw it downfield a lot. We spoke on this uh last time when I was saying mm-hmm. Joe Flacco likes to throw it downfield and then you and Tim pointed out that the last two seasons he hasn't done that at all really. Yeah. He's more of like a check down guy the last couple seasons. And that's exactly what Deshaun Hamilton was last year for Denver. Uh he was you don't like the yards per reception at eight point one. It's pretty low, but his last four games, he did uh, total 25 receptions in four games, which is nice to see. But He's a PPR. That's seven for 47, seven for 46, six for 40, and five for 49. So the averages, those are it's close all about to, the, to, the, uh, yeah, to the line of scrimmage receptions. He did have two touchdowns during that time as well. Meanwhile, Cortland Sutton, yes, he, uh, he was a second-round pick last season. He's this huge weapon that can be used by Joe Flacco if he wants to, but he's just... I don't see Joe Flacco. Do we trust Flacco. Flacco to get the ball to the outside consistently? Exactly. I don't. And Cortland Sutton, he had a lot of hype last season. Uh, once he started to get more playing time, he was big on the waiver wire. Let me just say, just never really. Because, oh, he's going to be the jump ball guy in the red zone. How often do people do that? How often are we seeing jump balls in the red zone? Because people say that phrase a lot, and that really equates to like four balls where they just like go up and get it. Yeah. I'm not really counting a fade as this. They just say, oh, he's the jump ball guy. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. He's the big target in the red zone. It's all about separation. It's true. 
He did have Sutton had two two games in the last five that were above average games. Four for eighty five and a touchdown against Cincy, and six for sixty five and a touchdown against Oakland. Other I, than that, he had a lot of trouble last season as a as a. Rookie. I think that Deshaun Hamilton early on in the season, as long as Sanders is out, is going to end up being a uh, a poor man's Kiki Cutie. I think QT is going to be drafted early as like a wide receiver three. And in PPR, he'll deliver. I think so. Deshaun Hamilton can do the same. And he's not going to be drafted as such. That's the way I'm looking at it right now. I Cheaper like Kiki QT. I like that. And uh, Deshaun Hamilton was a third round pick. Actually, round, fourth round pick. So it's not like he's he doesn't have draft capital either. So, so I'm going so to think about late in drafts. Because he, he's probably going to go, like, just Christian Kirk, for example, since you just talk about him. You could probably get Deshaun Hamilton a few rounds later than Christian Kirk, which yeah. I'd much rather do. I feel like that would be the case. Moving on, <clears throat> Jake Healy asks, if you're in a keeper league, 10 team, who do you think are the 10 most worth keeping? So top 10 overall, keeper league-wise? All right, this is an interesting question, because are we talking, like, for uh, for Dynasty or, like, keeper league? Keeper doesn't guys. necessarily mean Dynasty keeper so just, could be you keep this guy for three years. So just think, but if you're if you're for drafting, the foreseeable future, for the foreseeable future. All right, yeah. well Zeke's an obvious answer. Barkley, Zeke could be out of the door apparently in Dallas in a couple of years, but Doesn't still, matter. yeah, yeah. Barkley, yes. Kamara, you're gonna have to say yes. McCaffrey, who are we comparing him to? Gurley. Okay, or he just said who your top ten? The top ten, yeah. Um, a case can definitely be made for David Johnson. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell's a little iffy. Le'Veon Bell is. Mel, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, of but, course. Yeah, exactly. D-Hop. Devontae Adams. Michael Thomas, maybe. OBJ tied down to Baker Mayfield. You got to love that. Maybe Juju. Kelsey. There's a lot of guys that you can consider in this range. I don't think I'd take Todd Gurley top 10 in this scenario. In this scenario, we're talking keeper league? Probably not. Yeah. I'd probably, in a keeper league, Kelsey... If it's tight end premium, Kelsey might go like top five. That's what I'm saying. Kelsey over Gurley would make sense in a keeper league. Uh, I think Gurley would fall just outside of that top ten range. As do I. I take Gurley or Julio. But guys, I'd oof. I think I go. I think I go. Julio's so consistent. I know, but it's like he has to be coming to an end at some point. He's right? he is about to be thirty, I believe. Yeah. That's a that's tough one. Yeah think right now i think i'd lean julio hmm. just until i learn more about Gurley. so in the top 10 we definitely have barkley zeke kamara mccaffrey nuke Devonte adams yeah right so those seven for sure obj obj i'm going maybe. obj in a keeper league kelsey james connor connor's james you can connor's, put there yeah let me note that we do not have joe mixon or dalvin cook those guys or I, dalvin cook going I too high those guys gone. i'd much rather wait and get like Damien Williams. Yeah. For a lot cheaper. Yeah. So there you go. Though yeah, those are roughly our top ten there. Interesting that uh Todd Gurley's not in there. Very interesting. Gotta look towards the future. They just drafted Daryl Henderson. Yeah. Next question. Taryn Caravella at Taryn's Takes asks, Where's the very highest you take Le'Veon Bell and redraft? So I'm not taking him over Barkley, Zeke, Kamara. I, McCaffrey, I'm I'm not taking him over McCaffrey. But I would not be surprised at all if Bell ends better than McCaffrey. 
You know I'm not a McCaffrey guy. There, I think I think that's the only four that I wouldn't take Bell over. I think Bell's in consideration from then on. I think we're higher on Bell than most. I think people are forgetting how damn so. good Le'Veon Bell is. Yeah. He's going to be involved. Because Melvin Gordon has a lot of injury woes. So it's I tough think to Bell and Gordon are on the same plane here. DeAndre Hopkins, like wide receivers are uh, great to have and all. But this league is just turning into a running back reception league. And in half PPR and PPR formats, that's huge. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you getting one of those running backs now is more valuable than ever. And I'm I'm more of a zero RB guy, but even now, after the, the last backs. couple of years, with guys like James White, Terry Cohen, and Zeke, basically like top 20 in the league in receptions I mean, total. as we get closer to the season, I think you can make a case for Bell over DJ, Bell over Gurley, Bell over Connor, Bell over Julio, Michael Thomas. These are all guys that I think as we get closer to the season, we could see Bell start to climb over. Right now, I don't think he's being drafted ahead of those guys. So earliest, I think fifth overall, five six. Yeah. I mean it's go for it if you really believe in Bell. I feel like it's he's someone you can believe in at this stage. He's done it. People yeah. are forgetting, but he's done it. Last year he was the second pick. Sucks if you drafted him, but last year he was the second pick. True. There might be some vendettas being held out there. Uh, Ian at hops underscore mt. His name is E-A-N? Ian? Is that Ian or is it just Ian? Ian. <laughs> it's obviously Ian. E-A-N, lowercase E? Like, no, it's just probably like a, a nickname or something. Ian. Oh, uh, we just discussed this. Where would you take Deshaun Hamilton now that Sanders is uh, like... You got another Deshaun Hamilton question? Yeah, people like to hear about Deshaun Hamilton. We just spoke about Deshaun Hamilton, how we like Deshaun Hamilton as the Broncos receiver to own. Mm. He's likely going to be going pretty late in drafts. I'm not sure where he's going in drafts at this moment. But once it hits a double digit rounds, I don't there's no way he's going inside the top 10 rounds in my opinion. Quick uh break to talk about something. Uh Broncos, Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson. What's the answer to that question, Michael? Neither. Neither. Bing 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 bing. I just had to remind the people of that because I keep seeing arguments on Twitter and I'm it's like It's like we read each other's minds. And I'm like you don't know that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about that. It doesn't matter about this. Rookie tight ends are not going to be productive for you in their rookie season. Just the way it goes. And you know what? If one of them is going to break the mold, so be it. But how much are they going to break it? Right? They're not going to become yeah. a top three tight end this year. And then there's a big drop off after that top three. So I'm not taking the chance. Yeah. So it looks like Deshaun Hamilton's going around wide, in the wide receiver 50-ish range. That's a good Which spot to take. Which is solid. Yeah, yeah. We were just saying how wide receiver four or five times. And where's QT going currently? QT around the wide receiver 40 range. That's what I'm saying. QT's being drafted so as a wide receiver three. Deshaun, I do. We do so expect QT to be better, but draft capital wise, if someone falls to you, yeah. and you don't get QT, drafting Deshaun Hamilton is not a bad consolation prize at mm-hmm. all. So yeah, interesting, interesting there. I, Deshaun Hamilton is definitely a a solid late round target, especially in PPR formats, to get in that flex role or maybe like a a bi week fill in type guy. <clears throat> Casanova at Sant underscore Casanova asks. With the increase of weapons in Cleveland and the return of Hunt midseason, how do you think this will affect Chubb, and where would he draft him? That's a good question. Another solid question. That's the that's what the jury is out on right now. Because here's the question. I'll, I'll just pose it to Michael right now since he's the only one in front of me. Do it. If they never added Kareem Hunt, but they made all these other moves, and now they have OBJ on the team, 
Where would you have Chubb ranked? Late first round pick. So now they add Kareem Hunt. He's suspended for eight weeks, but he's a dynamo. Mm-hmm. Where would you have? Where would you feel comfortable taking Chubb? I'm comfortable taking Chubb probably mid-second round. So there's the thing. So do we truly believe that Kareem Hunt is worth pushing this guy back nine picks? That's really the question. Uh, because I don't... The risk. I don't think that if Hunt comes back and plays, volume is going to be an issue. But if not, all right, they have Landry, they have OBJ, they have Njoku. All right, that's fine. A running back can still thrive in that offense. No, I, I, the receiving and the receiving options and Baker that's Mayfield. That's gonna help. That's all a plus for Nick Chubb. Yeah, getting OBJ is a plus. That opens the field even more. Opens up uh, screen pass potential and shit. While if you think they're are, gonna win a lot of games, they're gonna be running out the clock with Chubb. Yeah, they're if they got OBJ and Landry on the field and a joke in the middle, they're like, it's gonna open up the field for Nick Chubb. You can't to do be single teaming those guys. Yeah, you're gonna. You have can't to be have playing press one on one against all of them. Exactly, and then you got the the Kareem Hunt thing, which I believe in Nick Chubb. He was one of the best running backs in the league last year as a rookie. So I just I don't see Kareem Hunt. It's like what what was it like? How uh, I'm blanking on what was it Zeke or someone or not Zeke? Someone who came back after a long suspension and people were like, get him in your lineups and shit. Yes, Le'Veon Bell, no. I'm blanking, but the fact the fact of the matter was he wasn't really in game shape. Le'Veon Bell, was it Le'Veon Bell? Well, I, I you're thinking about like the playoffs though. It I'm, was Zeke. I'm missing something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So we're we're just talking about someone who Either was way, suspended yeah. and then they came back and it you wasn't don't know pretty. If Kareem Hunt's gonna be in game shape. You also don't know. It's unlikely that he's gonna be. You in also game don't shape. know if Kareem Hunt's gonna be a terrible person again. Yeah, he was. Uh, not he when he got cut by the Chiefs midway through the season last season. I mean, he wasn't. I doubt he was practicing as hard as he was when he was on the Chiefs. Like he he got signed by the Browns. He's probably is he even the, he the, he was able to report and shit, right? And how involved is he gonna be? Yeah, exactly. Because Chubb has eight weeks to say, "Great, you got this guy. He could be my change of pace back. When I need to drive off, he can come in. But I'm too good for you to sit me." Yeah, and even if if Duke Johnson is expected, if they're, the Browns are saying, well, we're not trading Duke Johnson. So if he's not traded and he's there too. I'm not really I mean, buying that. I think they'll move him. Yeah. I just, I'm willing to take the shot in the middle of the second round on Nick Chubb. Because if he doesn't, if Kareem Hunt does come back and starts playing and stealing his work, then sucks, you know? But you could, by that time in the season, you could have made a move to try to counteract that. But if he doesn't. If yeah. Kareem Hunt just comes back and steals 10 to 15 snaps a game, and Nick Chubb is the 1A. Steal. Yeah, it's an absolute steal in the middle of the second round there. We'd be considering Chubb with Melgo, maybe? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If Hunt wasn't there. So I'm I'm cool with taking Chubb second round. As am I. Uh, over Mixon, over Cook. I'm cool with that. Yeah, uh, me too. And it's a risky strategy, but I think it's one that could pay off because as runners... Cook's a pretty decent runner. Chubb is head over heels better than Joe Mixon. Hundred <laughs> percent. I love how we shit on Joe Mixon. Really, yo, Joe Mixon. You know, this might be the year where Joe Mixon is decent. 
They the Bengals put a ridiculous amount of capital into their offensive he line. He was decent last year. And they even drafted a tight end who's supposed to be one of the best blockers. It's all blockers. volume based. And I know fantasy's all about volume. I'm just talking about how Mixon's not a good running back. And I like to bet on uh, skills every once in a while. So sure, Mixon might end up being the running back 12 because he's going to see so much work. I don't think it's going to be an indicator of his skill. It's going to be an indicator of the offensive line improvement. I think that Chubb is a better player on a better team. Oh, yeah. I'd rather have Chubb, too, overall. We're taking the two. Mark Hamlin, at Mark Hamlin 1, asks, What are some of the worst takes you've ever had? Nice. Mm. Nice question here. Let's shit on ourselves for a second. It's always good to reflect. Every single fantasy analyst, no matter what they say, has had a bad take. Of course. Has had multiple bad takes. Of course. Nobody's perfect. The key is balancing it out with great takes. Yeah. Minimizing the bad takes. Maximizing the great takes. Pounding. The consistency, boom, boom. Let me um. Boom, boom. So let's preface this with just a quick reminder that I told you to draft Kittle. Michael told you to draft Robert Woods last year. Yes. Okay. Now that that's over, and we could remind Some people of the best that were takes. That were pretty good. At I this. think we owned him. I because we we convinced each other on each player too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think one of us owned him in the leagues we play together in, or like not even leagues we play together in, leagues we don't play together in. Yeah, well, I had we Woods in a league. Those guys. You didn't. You never drafted Kittle because I got him before everyone. I had Kittle. Well, I'm in saying every single one of in my leagues, leagues I played in that you weren't in. Yeah. Like then I mm-hmm. was like, all right, now I'm gonna grab Kittle. Yeah. So yeah, that was great. Worst takes though. Has to, I'm gonna have to start off with Terrell Pryor. Oof. The move to Washington and Kirk Cousins we thought was a great one. You know what? I started to uh, fall back on him as we got closer to the draft. You and, Tim, you and Tim never really wore off, Like, though. three days before the season, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> and it just didn't work this out. This is risky. And it did The not. pieces were there. Prior, just... They were, like, force-feeding him in the beginning of the season, and then it was just like, this, wasn't right this guy just isn't that great. Yeah. Uh, last season, this this one's going to be ugly. Ready, Michael? Yeah. Alex Smith. Wow. I thought Alex Smith was a great late-round quarterback you were, target. You were very high on Alex Smith last season. I forgot you know about what? that. He was decent for a game or two before he got injured. That's great. I thought he was a very good quarterback two option with um, some quarterback one appeal. I like the Jay Gruden offense. Who else? But uh, I, I I stunk it up on that one. I'm trying to think because we injuries, I don't really consider injuries right? like misses. Like we, I mean, we talked about Hogan and Burkhead as well. We fell back on Hogan, though, once his ADP came up. Yeah. And then Burkhead just was injured a lot. But that ended up being a bad pick. So Burkhead, I think, counts as a bad take. I would say... Uh, we liked him last season. LaShawn McCoy. Well, I hated LaShawn McCoy. I didn't you own did. him anywhere. Yeah. I was cool with him in, like, the fourth, fifth round. That didn't uh, work out. I passed on him every chance I could. Baseball. I don't know why I just thought about this. Me and Jason made a team together. And I made us draft, like, three years ago, Colton Wong over DJ LeMayhew. That was terrible. And I'm great at fantasy baseball. Well, the one time he played fantasy basketball, I was like, we need to get CJ McCollum. Ah, Michael Alec like, Burks, baby. No, Alec Burks. Alec Burks sucked and McCollum broke out. Yep. But in football, uh, you know, Melgo, maybe, the year that he broke out, looking back on it. Because we weren't on it. Because we weren't on it. The value was just so good. Yeah. Like now, I would never pass that up. Yeah. In hindsight. Young and naive. Young and naive. That's right. <laughs> you don't uh you don't pass up on a workhorse that late. That's true. He was going like a seventh, eighth round. Nuts. Yeah. I don't really remember I can't we had zero touchdowns that I don't season. Know. Holy moly. Is it on purpose that we try to just 
don't really remember what we got wrong. I mean, we mentioned a few people. Yeah. Terrell Pryor is a good one. Done Done talking about worst takes. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. <laughs> we appreciate the damn question, Mark. You know what? We were always right about Corey Davis. Always right about Corey Davis. You know who's not right about Corey Davis? The fucking I asshole do. on Twitter. Yeah, I'm an asshole guy. <laughs> Jessica Cools at Jessica Cools asks, will Aaron Rodgers be worth his ADP in 2019? Let me preface this by saying any of the top five quarterbacks never are really worth their ADP. Agreed. Uh, paying up for a quarterback is a terrible idea. I wouldn't do it with Mahomes either. Tyreek Hill is a huge part of that offense, man. You don't understand how dynamic he is. McCole Hardman can't just come in and have that same effect. Uh, A-Rod, yeah, he can be better this year. I'm not drafting him high. In one quarterback leagues, you don't need to draft a quarterback high. Like, yo, it's one one quarterback leagues, which are most leagues nowadays. There's 12 starters. That's it in that position. At the back 30, like, all you got to do is be a top-half quarterback. And you're usually close to the pack when it comes to QBs. That's yeah, way harder for wide receivers and running backs. 12 to 20 range. People with a lot of upside. Uh, Josh Allen, we think he sucks as a quarterback, but running-wise, he has upside. Lamar Jackson has some upside. Mitch Trubisky is probably going to be in like the 9 range. Someone with upside because of his legs as well. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston in the Tampa Bay offense. Yeah, with Bruce Arians now. Um, Dak Prescott was a top-12 quarterback with Amari He's Cooper. top-12 quarterback every year, and he always gets passed up on. Like, there are a lot. I feel like quarterbacks are of a plenty this year. And even, like, two years ago when Matt Ryan won MVP, every single draft I had, I just waited till like, the 15th round and drafted Matt Ryan. You were all over him, yeah. This I was remember the year that. after he stunk it up. But Matt again, Ryan, that was the first year with the new OC. Matt Ryan, best quarterback two years ago. Last year, Mahomes. Again, outside the top, outside 12, the top 12 on drafting. Usually. Yeah. So it's not unlikely for that to happen it happens pretty often yes you have the group of guys who are usually at the top but last year just showed even that if it's A-Rod not even meets his adp is it worth it i don't think so because yeah. people that's the thing about when it comes to rank like you look at end of season rank and it's like mahomes Gurley. there's like five quarterbacks it's in like the top Ryan, 10 Rogers, overall rankings Newton. that's because that's what quarterbacks do they yeah. score the most points but it doesn't matter because the the difference all between relative. the points are all, yeah, it's all relative. And then, like, Todd Gurley, who's the running back, and then the other high scoring running backs, like McCaffrey and Kamara, compared to, like, their running back 23, yeah, it's, like, hundreds of points difference. Exactly. So, me and Jason are all about grabbing wide receivers and running backs. Grab, and a tight end grab someone in the fourth round. If you can, like, let's say third round, someone takes Aaron Rodgers, and you can get Robert Woods. And then if you compare later in the draft, you get Winston and Prescott. There you go. And then the other person is picking, I don't know, Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah. Like Woods and Hamilton? Come on. Yeah. I'm with you there. Casanova with another question. At Sant on the score, Casanova. Thoughts on Funches this year? Devin Funches. You know. This should be fun. Just. Touchdown or bust, I think, is going to be his. I don't know. Not really a motto, but I think that's what we're going to see with Funches. Uh, eight touchdowns this year, nine touchdowns maybe. It's going to be a touchdown or bust wide receiver three. I feel like that's even a lot. Yeah. I mean, they have T.Y. Hilton now. They have Paris Campbell who's going to run in exactly. interesting and different Wait. routes. Luck targets quarterbacks over 30%. Tight ends. Of, tight ends over 30% of the time. Uh, top five in the league in Jack targeting Doyle tight ends. Jack Doyle is expected to be healthy. Yeah, they have Doyle and Ebron. 
uh, people are just expecting Funches to be the Ebron role. That's not how it works. Uh, Luck likes throwing to his tight ends. He likes throwing to, to his tight ends in the red zone or for long touchdown passes. They run different routes, and Funches can be good, right? Frank uh, Frank Reich knows what he's doing. He's been one of the best GMs there. But, I mean, head coach uh, Reich, uh, Chris Ballard's the GM. Either way, that combo there is killing it lately. Mm-hmm. So if they see f- something in Funches, I'm going to question myself. My entire life, I've been saying Funches sucks. He's only 24 years old. And I've been right, though, though right? Funches wasn't good at any point last year, really. He had, in the beginning of the season, he was solid. So what do I expect from Funches if I had to throw out numbers right now? 60 catches, 654 yards, and seven touchdowns. I think that's fair. I think that is a fair assessment. And I think he's going to be overdrafted. I like that assessment. Funches seems to be a darling in the fantasy industry right now. Funches I'm is not on that board. Wide receiver 50. He seems to be a darling. Like, there's a lot of people. But see, there's guys suggesting going. Suggesting him. And. Guys, he's in the range of like Geronimo Allison, Kenny Stills, Marquise Goodwin, Deshaun Hamilton. I mean, there I'm cool with taking him. But, like, I don't Temper know. Deshaun Hamilton, though. I think I'd rather have. Jamison Crowder, I think I'd rather take a shot on. Dante Moncrief, for sure. I like Dante Moncrief a lot this year. He's someone yeah. I'm going to own a bunch of. In uh, in Pittsburgh? Keelan Cole. That's a that's someone I missed on. Yeah. Well, that's because D.D. Westbrook took the fucking slot. That's from what him. I'm saying. And I, so I was right Jaguars. about Jag's slot player. It's true. D.D. Westbrook is someone who's probably going to be better than Every Funches. time the slot receiver was the only good receiver yeah. for the Jaguars. You all you want the slot receiver on the Jags. And for some reason, they just swapped Cole and Westbrook. But I like Moncrief a lot this year, man. If he could stay healthy, he's going to be on the outside for Pitt now. You're really not going to see us support Funches too much. Yeah. But Dante Moncrief, you're probably going to hear that name a lot from me. Do you see a world where Funches ends at top 36? With top Hilton, 36. Campbell, Ebron, Doyle? Eba. Not really. Mack, I don't really see that. Hines, no. Wilkins. I don't really see it. So That would be tough. I don't really want him. If you pick a good week for him and you fill him in as your flex and he catches a touchdown, good for you. But I don't think he's going to be a weekly option. Last question. Ooh-ee. This is funny. <laughs> Only sent four minutes ago. One minute ago, actually. Got it in late. From Traco Suave at Trey Isaac 94. Can I be in your league? <laughs> <laughs> we are going to have a Brodo League this year again, folks. We'd love for you to be in do. it. The Brodo League from last season has basically become a, a big family. We have a group chat that still... On Twitter. On Twitter, yeah, still is uh, going strong and steady every single day. There's new tweets in there. We're going to do one again next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to run a bunch of different contests and things of that sort to get your name in the drawing. Yeah, there'll be multiple like contests for you to enter your name multiple times. We always do things uh, randomly just because we want it to be the most fair. Uh, I mean, if we could make... A, maybe if there's a lot of interested people, we can make a league with us not in it. <laughs> like a Brodo fan league. If you guys are interested in that, let us know. But we'll be in one of the leagues because you got to remember there's three of us, right? So we can only have nine people play with us in a 12-person league. So we think that random is the most fair way to do it. Yeah, we always get a couple people who are who are upset that didn't get in, and I feel bad. And but, it sucks. But yeah. um, it's so because there's only three of us, exactly. and usually we 
we keep the uh, the mean, winner. Yeah. The person who wins comes back, but luckily I won last season. <laughs> so that means nine spots are available, not eight. Yeah. And then we also, we don't disqualify you if you've been in it already. So if you want to enter and then your name gets called again. Yeah, and we do it completely random too. Yeah. So, I mean, enter the contest, keep an eye out for them. It's early for that still. It's only May. We, we're fans of drafting as late as possible. We think that's the most fair way because, I mean... You could do it now, but then if someone gets injured and that was your first-round pick and then someone gets injured and that was your third-round pick, is that really how you want to enter the season? I think the best way is to let people get their information and make their decisions. And if you were the best decision-maker at the beginning of September, then let's see. Let's see. True that. But I think the the Proto Fan League is something you got to think about. I don't know why I'm whispering that. <laughs> You funny. You funny, Jay. I'm funny. That that was all the questions. Anything else you want to talk about here, kid? Uh, not necessarily. We answered the question. We did. We had fun. And that's all you got to know. We wanted to have a little bit of a people's podcast this episode. Turns you know, out we, it's May, right? It is May. We did the rookie review last week, and that was a lot of work, and it was about two hours long. So we want to keep this one a little lighter, both in content and just fun episode. episode. Yeah. We are going to have more guests coming on in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more in-depth fantasy talk. Yep. We we got in-depth in today, too, as well, but it was more of a light-natured episode. We're going to have rankings out soon. Maybe we'll do like a we rankings episode rankings to explain soon. our rankings. Absolutely going to do that. That'll actually. be a fun one. So n- look out for it next week. Next rankings 1.0. Likely. Me and Jason have a, a little bit of uh, ranking time available. So we can do this. Uh, before we end, I'm going to remind you again about Bob Lung's Consistency Guide. Uh, the 2018 FSWA Award winner for Best Fantasy Football. Um, publication. Publication. That's the word. Go, Michael. It's BigGuyFantasySports.com. There's a few different options in which you can buy it that range from 8 to $12. And if you use the code BROTO, B-R-O-T-O, then you can get 20% off. So really... Uh, it's not going to cost you too the much. cost of a bubble tea is what you say. cost of a bubble tea or a coffee. That's probably the more likely Bro. one here. We told them to try bubble tea. I remember. Everyone drinks but coffee. But what do people drink more? Caffeine. Tim doesn't drink coffee. Ah. Tim drinks a cup of tea and is like, I'm so ready to go. Yeah, it's really I'm, funny. I'm ready for this. I'm all... <laughs> okay. That's Tim. So yeah, give Bob Lung a follow at Bob underscore Lung. B-O-B underscore L-U-N-G. And he's also going to come on the, the he's show. He's going to be on the podcast. Uh, about a month or we so. had some scheduling conflicts, but in about a month or so, he'll be on. Uh, we were glad to do that. And if you want to take a look at his consistency guide, it doesn't cost too much, and it's a it's a valuable resource. Yeah. And we'll also be mentioning it throughout the year. Uh, code Brodo at BigGuyFantasySports.com. We'll add that to the SoundCloud. B-R-O-T-O, um, but you already know that. But I think we're we're done for the week, kid. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for, for sending in the folks. questions. Um if you did not, if you by any chance did not get to Twitter and see that we were asking for questions for today's episode, uh, tweet us questions and we'll either answer them in person, I mean on Twitter, not in person, or uh, next week or something of that sort. We're always open to questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, make sure to check out brotofantasy.com for true throw and true target values. Yep. It's getting close to the season, folks. That also, resource is going to come in big. Also, baby, big news. Uh, because not everyone follows us on Twitter because not everyone has Twitter. 
We are on Spotify now. Oh, yeah. Woo, yeah. Brodo on Spotify. Brodo Fantasy on Spotify. Brodo on Spotify. Uh, we're new to Spotify. We're now on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Yes. We're new to Spotify, so I'm pretty sure there's going to be a little delay um, between when it goes on SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify. Interesting. Yeah. So if you want to hear it right away, SoundCloud or iTunes is probably the best bet. But keep it I've up. Gotten, I've become a big fan of the iTunes podcast. That one and a half is a lifesaver. One and a half if you've never done that, tremendous. do one and a half speed. You'll hear everything everyone is saying. It just makes the podcast shorter. Yep, I listen to podcasts that are supposed to be an hour and that ends in like 40 minutes. It really just saves you time. Yeah, and you get to listen to more content. Exactly. You don't need to like hear pauses. Yeah. It's great. And yeah, sometimes it gets a little fast, but you get used to it very quick. You do. Yeah, I didn't really like it at first, but then I was like, oh, I like it. Two this. times. People are absolutely nuts. I can't hear a thing oh, in two I times know, speed. that's crazy. Like I saw some people on Twitter saying that they listen to podcasts in two times speed. Like, how do you understand that? <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, so, but if you want to subscribe to us on Spotify to get alerts, or if you just want to keep an eye out, uh, we are on Spotify now. Oh, yeah, if you want to download. Now, because you, you can also, I mean, maybe this was an option before, but if you need to go underground or something, taking a train, you could download our episode on Spotify and listen to yeah. it that way. Uh, but downloading on Spotify is so easy, because if you have downloading on, easy. it just downloads right away. Yeah. Once you, like, add it to your playlist. So, we're excited about that. Um Besides that, we're good for the week. Thanks for listening. At Tim Petrop is Tim. If you're feeling frisky, go follow him. At Jason Petrop is me. And I'm at Mike underscore Petrop. At Brodo Fantasy at is where you can Brodo find us. Fantasy, baby. Uh, BrotoFantasy.com. Quick, quick thank you to all the listeners who have stuck with us throughout the offseason uh, and throughout the last two years. Thanks a lot. We uh, Today we reached 1,700 followers on Twitter. And uh, we take pride in that because it's not followers like all these people around where follow for follow you see that they have 50,000 followers and then they're following 54,000 and it's like all right and then you see their tweets and it's getting like two likes like yeah because nobody really cares about what you're saying you just did this for some clout right we have followers who care about what we say and we really appreciate that because you know it's a decision you don't need to care about what we say uh so we appreciate I you mean, they don't need to but if they want to win they should that's what i'm saying in my opinion you have to yeah. know what I'm saying. so we appreciate you we appreciate the the loyalness um if you want to spread the word a little bit maybe even if not to your league mates to your coworkers, stuff of that sort to people you to might not necessarily classmates. play with your classmates to your to your bubble tea to your mom and dad tea store maybe your parents want to start playing to your uncle we all have that crazy uncle who just shouts sports things Maybe he wants to hey, get into fantasy. Sports fans. Hey, sports fans. I'm going to start talking like this. Sports fans. Sports fans. All right. Uh, we're going to cut it there because now we're getting crazy. Yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. Later. Peace.